This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Education Matters, your source for insightful conversations about the big issues facing Ohio's public schools. I'm your host, Katie Olmsted, and I'm part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and its 120,000 members. We represent teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members who have a lot in common. They share a passion for education, a dedication to Ohio's 1.7 million public school students, and the knowledge that hungry kids cannot focus. That's why school nutrition programs are so vitally important for students' success. Here's how Indian Creek Education Association President Karen Lloyd put it in the first season of Education Matters. We need that nourishment in their bellies in order to nourish their brains. They're not thinking straight if their stomach is grumbling. That was a small part of our conversation with Karen back in April 2021, as we took a closer look at the Breakfast in the Classroom program in some Ohio districts as part of a push to expand that campaign. We'll get back to that conversation in this episode in just a couple of minutes. But first, an update. The Ohio Education Association wants to extend a warm congratulations to the 22 Ohio school districts that have been named 2021-2022 Breakfast and Beyond Superstars by the Ohio School Breakfast Challenge. That's a partnership between the Children's Hunger Alliance, American Dairy Association, School Nutrition Association of Ohio, and the Ohio Department of Education, and OEA has been proud to support its work over the years. For example, last spring, OEA joined forces with the Children's Hunger Alliance to host an informational session on Zoom for OEA local associations across the state to share their successes and learn more about how they can advocate for student success through participating in the Breakfast in the Classroom program. OEA President Scott DeMauro kicked off that session. Take a listen to a little of what he said. Eligibility, like I said, is only part of the the story. The other story is how we, as schools, provide access to healthy meals makes a big difference in terms of how many students participate. Uh, A few years ago, we had the, the wonderful opportunity Uh, with the support of the NEA Foundation and national partners to promote a method of expanding student participation uh, through a grant for breakfast in the classroom. The the short story is that when we give kids access to breakfast where they're not required to come earlier and to go to a part of the school that's separate from everybody else, they're much more likely to participate. We know that this is important for kids because when kids are well-fed in the morning, they are gonna perform better. They're gonna, they're gonna be uh, better equipped uh, to succeed. There's the, the old adage, we hear about it all the time, that we've gotta address Maslow before Bloom. We have to make sure that, that we're meeting fundamental needs of students uh, before we can expect to, to really engage them in learning. And, and there's plenty of evidence uh, along those lines. Now, that innovation that Scott talked about in the Zoom session last spring, finding new, better ways to get more kids to participate in the school-based feeding program, 
is exactly the kind of thing being celebrated by the School Breakfast Challenge program's Breakfast and Beyond campaign now. The 22 newly minted superstar districts achieved that recognition for their excellence, innovative and collaborative work to increase access and participation in school meals. One example, the Pickaway Ross Career and Technology Center, one of the programs that earned the superstar status this year. That's because they combined the efforts of the school cafeteria and the commercial food careers program, giving students more opportunities to get real-life experience and making sure their classmates were fed and ready to learn. The commercial food careers students helped with meal prep and service, which went a long way toward lessening the impact of staff shortages. And because of all the additional help from students to prep the food, the school was able to reintroduce hot breakfast options for the kids. Moreover, they were also able to increase the number of lunch periods, adding two more lunch periods each day. And they were able to expand the number of vendors to procure food and supplies. That collaboration truly was a win-win for the students and the school. And that's just one of the success stories being celebrated by the School Breakfast Challenge program. OEA members in the following districts all deserve a huge round of applause for their work, which earned their schools the Breakfast and Beyond Superstar Recognition. That's Anthony Wayne Local Schools, Austin Town Local Schools, Benjamin Logan Education Association members in Benjamin Local Schools, the staff at Bloomfield Mespo Local Schools, Bright Local Schools, Clark Shawnee Local Schools, Elgin Local Schools, Fairview Park, Graham Local, and Groveport Madison Schools. Also on the list, Howland High School in Howland Local Schools and Shenandoah Elementary School in Noble Local Schools. Plus, North Olmsted City Schools, Portsmouth City Schools, Princeton City Schools, Ravenna City Schools, St. Mary's City Schools, and Valley Local Schools. All of these districts are being held up as shining examples of school meal programs that are demonstrating collaborative efforts, innovative strategies, and practices to maximize resources to expand access to school meals. I mean, think about it. Kids spend more than 2,000 hours at school each year. So, as the School Breakfast Challenge folks say, it makes sense that schools are a place to encourage students to, quote, eat right and be bright. After all, the research shows that keeping kids well-fed and just making sure they have breakfast improves attendance, behavior, classroom participation, concentration, math and reading scores, cognitive test speed, and vocabulary. And it decreases anxiety, school nurse visits, and tardiness. Those positive benefits were top of mind for local association leaders in the Logan Hawking School District when we were talking about their Breakfast in the Classroom program last season here on Education Matters. Logan Hawking Schools were a 2019 Champion of Breakfast Award winner through the Ohio School Breakfast Challenge. So we sat down with Logan Education Association President Brenda Lemon, a school librarian, and Logan Education Association Vice President Sherry Knott, a second grade teacher, to talk about what was working for them. Let's listen to part of that conversation. Brenda, Sherry, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Education Matters. We're talking about the Breakfast in the Classroom program. 
for people who are unfamiliar with this, what is that? Well, thanks for having us here. Basically, it's it's feeding kids breakfast um, at school after the start of the day. That way, um, they can come in, they can grab their food, they can eat with their peers, um, and be there on time every day uh, to enjoy breakfast with their peers. This is not how breakfast was always served in the Logan district, though. Sherry, you were telling me it used to be in the cafeteria, and that made a difference. Yes. Previously, students would uh, wait in line in the cafeteria. Sometimes the line could get pretty long, and so some students would decide, you know, just to skip breakfast and head down to the classroom, or um, maybe they were embarrassed to stand in that line. Their friends weren't in that line, so they decided just to head down to class, and they would start their day on an empty stomach. Why is that a problem? It's a big problem because uh, you get a lot of complaints about tummy aches throughout the day, students um, missing out on their breakfast. You know, they say that's the most important meal of the day. And so with breakfast in the classroom, we're all being fed, they all get to eat, and it's cut down on those complaints about their tummy and being hungry so that we can focus more on our education. And if I can add for high school students, that waiting in line, being there, being singled out, eating breakfast is stigmatizing for older kids. And they're just not gonna do it, um, even if they're hungry. So it's really important that that everybody gets breakfast and there is no stigma attached to it. Anyone who wants to eat can eat. In the Logan District, are there a fair amount of students who need breakfast at school or they wouldn't get it at all? This is Sherry. I don't know the exact number, but we have a lot of families that would qualify for free or reduced meals. Absolutely. And by the state standards, we know one in five families out there facing food insecurity. And given that we are a rural district, that we are on that edge of Appalachia, that our numbers could certainly skew higher than that. So we know that there are students who are hungry. And yes, our free and reduced lunch numbers are pretty high. So how does this program work? How do you make it possible to give every student breakfast? This is Brenda. Um, We started by learning what other districts do and how they provide breakfast. We researched grants that were available to us. We employed the help of some folks at Children's Hunger Alliance who helped us pilot things and, and learn how we might be able to do this. And our, our local union worked very hard to advocate for it. We spoke with the superintendent, got his support, worked with the assistant superintendent, got her support, worked with the administrators in each of the buildings, and they came on board. Um, you know, the message was, if we can feed kids, let's do it. And we started working in that, in that way. There are two unions, uh, two employee unions in our district, and we met with them got their input, got their ideas. And sure, there were concerns about students eating in some areas of buildings and things like that. But once we had that buy-in and we were all able to give our ideas and our input, I feel like it just, it took off for us. So how long have you been part of the Breakfast in the Classroom program? We began doing the research and figuring out how it might work actually in the 2016 Uh, back in 2016. Um, In 2017, we implemented the program in our elementaries. 
And then in 2018, we started with the middle school expansion. And then now this year, we are working with, um, with our high school kids. Our high school students now have a grab and go breakfast every day as well. How's it going? What difference have you seen? I like the start to the day so much better. It's more like a family, you know, we're all eating together and talking and starting our day off with that family feeling. And then we just go right into the school day. I mean, I, I hand out morning work. So they're working and eating and talking all at the same time. And then we just begin our day. And this is Brenda. We've had to adjust our, our bell schedule a little bit um, in order to make everything work with buses. And because our middle school and our high school are on the same schedule and they have to drop students off in one building and come to another. And in doing that, we thought about how breakfast might fit best in that plan. And we're seeing the high school kids come in a little bit earlier. For them, it's actually probably not earlier, but they're coming in, they're grabbing their breakfast, and then they're going to their classroom instead of standing outside waiting for the bell to ring and then everybody comes in at once. And one of our principals described it as more of a soft start to the day. So the students instead of coming in and just sitting around in the you know, cafeteria or the gymnasium until the bell rings and then they're allowed to come on into the building, they're actually allowed to come in a little bit earlier, um, grab that breakfast, head to class, and they're there in their first period class. I've seen students getting their breakfast in the mornings when I come in. I know there are several points where they can pick up breakfast. And not every single student will have that breakfast. But just the other day, um, as I came in, I heard um, the cook who was standing there saying, oh, you snuck up on me again. You're the quietest. You always come in and get behind me when you grab your breakfast. So it was a student who was coming there every day, getting breakfast and interacting with that adult in a positive way. They were joking. They were laughing. And I just thought it was a great way to start the day. Do you think it helps students get their heads in the game as well? We know that hungry students cannot focus in school and and being fed is one of the fundamentals of academic success. But in terms of just starting their day in that way that is in school, but isn't, you know, hard lessons to start with, do you think that helps them? Well, it absolutely has to help them. Um, They aren't starting the day, as Sherry said, with a headache or a stomach ache. Most adults grab something in the morning. I'm not one who can get out of bed and eat quickly, but as soon as I get to work, I've got my granola bar or my banana or something that I'm gonna eat. You know, kids are exactly the same and they're gonna want to have something, get get there, as you said, get their head in the game, um, wake up and get started. I absolutely believe that it helps them learn. It gets them to school. They know that when they get there, even if they're running a little behind, the morning's a little crazy, that there's going to be something to eat. On the high school level, I see a lot of students who opt for things that aren't the healthiest in the mornings. And I know that if they get something from the school breakfast program, they're getting something that is of quality for them as well. During that same Education Matters episode, we also heard from Karen Lloyd and Indian Creek Schools, we also heard from at the top of this show. Let's hear more from our earlier conversation with her, too. Karen, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Talk to me a little bit about the Breakfast in the Classroom program in your district. Sure. Uh, Thank you for having me, first off. And I would like to say that Indian Creek Education Association brought it back 
from OEA, from one of our RAs. And uh, we brought it to our district and they were very open to it. And we, as the teachers, really backed the program. We wanted to ensure that our children were eating. We found that there was a lag in uh, work and an increase in behaviors about the mid-morning after the kids came to school. And we thought that maybe this might um, help if all the children would eat breakfast. And we had struggled with all the children eating breakfast because some did not want to go to the cafeteria, whether it be because they wanted to get their morning work done or they did not want to uh, go down because it was noisy. We had children roaming the hallways. So we just thought that this would be a great opportunity to implement something that maybe might curb those um, wandering children, those children that, um, you know, had it sensory issues with the loud cafeteria and just get nourishment into the children that were maybe even embarrassed to go down and uh, get a breakfast. And we know how important breakfast is in terms of setting students up for success. Let's talk a little bit about the, the demographics of your district. How many students wouldn't have breakfast without this program? Well, one of our elementary schools is completely free breakfast and lunch because they have such a high demand of low income and free and reduced lunch and breakfast. So because we had the one district, the elementary school that did have it, and our other elementary school was right on the cusp of meeting the the government uh, guidelines, our district felt it was important that even though that second group did not offer it, that they would pull uh, funds together and they would pay to have that. And since it has been such a success, we have um, also had more students come in, uh, fill out the paperwork, and we have actually reached probably uh, 70% of our our district as uh, needing free and reduced lunch guidelines. So clearly, this is a very important program, and it's a successful program. Indian Creek was just recognized as a breakfast and beyond district. What does that mean? Well, it means that we started out with breakfast, free breakfast in the morning. We went to feeding children before they went home. We also feed them during the summer. And now we even offer bags for students over the weekend. So we send food home to those that are in need so that they have something to eat over the weekends. Of course, you can hear more about the Indian Creek program and the Logan Hawking program if you listen to the full Breakfast in the Classroom episode. That's season one, episode 14 of this podcast, if you're looking for it. We'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easier for you to find. And you'll also find a link there to learn more about the success stories from all of this year's Breakfast and Beyond Superstar Honorees. Speaking of big honors... Next week, we're sitting down with Ohio Teacher of the Year, now National Teacher of the Year, Kurt Russell, for a fresh take on his time in the national spotlight so far, and how he's using his platform to make sure all children can see themselves in their curriculum and in the educators who are serving them in their classrooms. That will be the final episode of this season of Education Matters before we take a summer break, and you won't want to miss it. In fact, Why don't you just go ahead and subscribe to Education Matters right now, wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss a thing. Until next time, stay well.